0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When the red light goes... Take two. When the red light goes off, we're just getting started. This is off Air with Chris Thomas and Steven Gagliano. Giving you a look behind the scenes of Atlanta's Top Sports Station. As we take you through the top
1: stories of the week from the world of sports and entertainment.
0: Welcome to Off, off air. air.
1: All right. Welcome, welcome, welcome on in to the latest episode of the Off Air podcast. And Steve, well... Let me introduce myself first. I am Chris Thomas, as always, joined by my fellow 92.9 The Game producer, Steve Gagliano. And Steve, we are going inside, inside the mothership today, as I am coming to you live from an undisclosed location inside of one of the members of our 92.9 The Game's family's abundant and lovely home, as I am doing some dog sitting, Uh, my second job because we all know radio pays so well. Um,
0: I thought dog-sitting was just part of our job title and our uh, our job description as producers. Yes, exactly. I thought I carried over.
1: Yeah, we need to babysit whenever uh, applicable. <laughs> um, Steve, ton to get into on this episode of the show. But we begin where only we can. And that is... Uh... We get a week of no quarterback talk in Atlanta.
0: Thank God.
1: (laughs) Sound the alarms. Praise the children. (laughs) I am so excited to not talk about quarterback battles for just a week. Just one week. If they lose to the commanders, we will have to do it all over
0: again. Hey, we live for the moment here on the Off-Air Podcast.
1: That's right, Steve. Falcons beat the Bears. Mariota plays fine, made some big plays. Uh, Typical 13 for 20 for 175 yards and one touchdown, no picks. Um, And they survive in advance. I mean, listen, it was a good game. I said on Twitter a couple weeks ago, the Falcons are only playing heart attack games for the rest of the season, and it holds true. Every game at home, it feels like, comes down to the final drive, the final play. Young Wei Koo, who's been a little shaky to start the season, uh, comes through in the clutch, and here we are. Desmond Ritter will hold the clipboard for at least one more week, and we can finally, for now... (laughs) Put that conversation to bed.
0: Yeah, that's, that's the caveat that you have to keep putting in there is for now because this will be such a volatile conversation over the next few weeks. But, hey, Marcus Mariota did exactly what the Falcons ask him to do when they win games, and that's just don't turn the ball over and don't lose the game for us. And as long as he's doing that, he's going to hold on to this job. The Falcons are going to continue to be in the playoff picture And we were actually together on the air on Saturday. And you mentioned mentioned that these three games, or this stretch of three games, each one of them is a must win. So you check off that first box with a big win over a team that had been playing, you know, despite in two consecutive losses, been playing really well. You limit Justin Fields. I wouldn't say you shut him down completely. He made a few big plays. But you also
1: damn near broke him. I mean, by the end, he was – both his hamstrings were hurting, his shoulder. You could see it. They kept going to him at the end of the broadcast. His shoulder was totally banged up. You did a number on the kid.
0: Yeah, and that's one of the things that I really like about Justin Fields. I think some people have gone kind of overboard on their praise of, you know, how good he's been or the path that he's now on to becoming – some people are kind of anointing him as the next best thing in the NFL, which he very may well become that, you know, in a few years, but his toughness, something going back to his days at Ohio State, specifically that game against Clemson in the college football playoff yeah, when he broke his ribs. Yeah. yeah. What and is just that watching guy, by the way? Did he is he in the is he floating around in the NFL somewhere? I wanna say he signed with the Bills or something as like an undrafted free agent, but I don't think he made it.
1: Yeah. I don't I haven't heard I could name. be wrong, but
0: Yeah, but again, so Justin Fields, the way that he's kind of been able to bounce back from those injuries and play through those injuries, that's something that's impressed me a lot. But, you know, also impressive yesterday was the Falcons defense making plays when they had to.
1: Now, here's the problem, Steve. The Commanders might be the hottest team in football right now outside of, like, the Chiefs. Yeah, who saw that coming? They're playing really well. Heineke, we saw – I mean, we got a dose of Heineke before he became the Green Lizard, which is his uh, very due nickname. He's just a slippery little guy that annoys the crap out of you, hence he is a Green Lizard. Um,
0: I actually had not heard that nickname yet.
1: Yeah. He made the uh, game-winning play against the Falcons last year. That outside toss to J.D. McKissick, little throw. McKissick runs it up the sidelines and they walk off the Falcons in Mercedes Bench. That was one of my welcome to Atlanta moments for the Falcons last year, the first full season covering the team with 92, nine, in the game. Um, so first
0: and certainly not the last.
1: No. Uh, the problem though, is Steve, if they lose that game. We're right back to start, square one. It starts all over again. <laughs> Uh, I mean, at this point, though, mm, I don't know if I'm going to totally rescind my statement, but it may be with the way Washington's playing and with the the fact that the Falcons are so in the mix right now for both the division and a wild card, they still may, able, may be able to lose that game. Beat this if they and if they then beat the Steelers the following week, I think you could hold it off for a little while longer. They're, the rope may be just a little bit longer than I initially anticipated, not much, but a little
0: bit. I think that's fair based on again how Washington's playing. I think looking at this stretch of games, we were always kind of doing it from you know an earlier in the season perspective of you know, we early in the season we identified these three games of like, oh, those – and we included the the Thursday night game against the Panthers, which they should have been able to compete and win. But really these three games, identifying that and saying, oh, the Commanders are going to be terrible. And I think collectively as a Falcons fan base, as a station, I think we have to reevaluate you know, what the Commanders have done lately and factor that into it to say this is not a game – necessarily now that you expect to walk into Washington and win the way that they're playing. So, yeah, to say if they lose this game, you know, the conversation of quarterback play, should they tank for a better pick? Should that be fair? I don't think so. If you walk in there and you look like you did against Carolina, then maybe. But if this is a competitive football game, you're in it, and, you know, a few plays don't go your way, then that's an entirely different situation.
1: And that's been the problem with the Falcons the entire season, right, is you don't know what you're getting week to week at this point. I mean, how is that team, the same team that looked so bad against Carolina, and then Carolina comes out this week and is essentially neutered by the Baltimore Ravens? I mean, I don't understand. I mean, Baker Mayfield looked worse than Mariota did at any point during his two game really bad stretch I'm so surprised I, they
0: went back to him yeah to be I, don't,
1: I don't get it so the Falcons team is much like the NFL this season so much of the NFL this year is is a bunch of slightly above average teams compete competing for the final couple playoff spots and there's a couple of divisions that are up for grabs you know the Giants came back down to earth yesterday the Cowboys now look like they're the best team in the NFC East it was the Eagles a couple of weeks ago. They barely win yesterday against the Jeff Saturday-led Colts. So this has just been a wild, wacky NFL season. And it's kind of a changing of the guard as we see the guys like Breeze and Brady and Manning and Rivers and Ben Roethlisberger and a lot a lot of the teams that from the you know mid-2000s up until now, the last 15 years, that you pencil in every single season for a playoff berth are not those same teams anymore. So it gives teams like the Falcons that are in the middle of a rebuild. Yes. I'm using the word rebuild. They're rebuilding guys. It's okay to say it. It's not a curse. It's not an indictment.
0: Yeah. When you have $80 million of dead cat money, I think it's safe to call it that and credit to them. They're playing much better than anybody thought they would, but it is still a rebuild.
1: Yeah. That's why Arthur's that's why everyone, that's why no one I should say should have doubt that Arthur Smith should get a nice long rope here and not, you know, if they, if they win, you know, eight games this year and nine games next year, we're not going into the next season saying, Hey, is it time to cut bait with Arthur Smith? It's not working. I think, I think he's earned over his first two seasons here, you know, some time to really get everything in place, a full cap, a full roster, a full, you know, program, so to speak, that he wants to instill in the organization. And they're, they're ahead of schedule right now. And and it's fun to watch. And
0: at least for one week, uh, no quarterback, at least from us. I do think there will definitely be a a small (laughs) subsection of fans that either call in or tweet or text that are still going to be driving that narrative home, but it's not getting any play. The
1: Twitter Twitter trolls and and the like, but all right. So an interesting situation I find myself in here, Steve, I am at the humble abode of one of our fellow 92.9, the game employees. And um, when you, when you house sit or when you dog sit, like I am for somebody, um, by the way, if you do hear barking in the background, it's unfortunate. The, the little, the little gal, uh, needed to be put in her crate because I got to run as soon as we finish here. And, uh, she does not like her crate. She's only six or seven months old. Um, and the crate to her is, is not something that she enjoys, but,
0: um, you do well, the blanket over? Doesn't that help calm them down? No, I don't know she's... a lot about dog sitting, but
1: she's, she's uh, unfortunately just going to, I think will be a lifelong opponents for her to deal with, with the crate. So they're, they're trying to make it so that she doesn't need to be in the crate anymore, but she's just not there yet. So apologize for the barking in the background. If it does, if it does bleed through. Um, but with that, when you, when you sit for somebody, you get the spiel, right? And what do I mean by the spiel? make our home your home help yourself to anything you want food drinks liquor um and you're like sweet this is awesome they're letting me stay in their house they're i'm sitting their dogs we're playing we're having fun but then then it comes dinner time and you're like do i actually like raid their fridge or do i call the little Caesars down the street and get myself a pie and some breadsticks delivered. So Steve, my question to you is what is guest etiquette here? What do I do? How much am I allowed to enjoy the fruits? And there are many. If I went downstairs and put the camera on the liquor cabinet, you'd fall over. Uh, they literally said to me, if you could finish a bottle, that'd be good because then we can throw it out. They have so okay. well. bottles that they're working with. So What what is the etiquette here, my friend?
0: Yeah, so it's a fine line to toe, and I think how I approach it is, I usually either eat or drink enough to kind of let them know, like I appreciate it, but I don't necessarily, you know, dive full, you know, full on. I'm gonna attack this as if it is my own. I think that's kind of the, you know, I like to hang out somewhere in the middle, and so maybe you grab like a snack a drink or two but as far as like the meal if i'm eating dinner or whatever i'll probably still go grab something or order something to you know for delivery
1: yeah that that's pretty much what i did yesterday um but it's so intoxicating and so inviting when you're staying at somebody's house and you open up their fridge or you see their their back pantry and you're like oh man cuz this particular <laughs> house they got everything like snacks. You know what they had, Steve, in, in their pantry? Gushers. I haven't had Ooh. gushers in 15 years, man. You know what? That's <laughs> a throwback. I got to. Yeah. Now that so you I'm say that, like, I'm
0: going to go to Publix. I have to go to Publix anyway later today. I'm definitely getting something like that. Either that or like a fruit by the foot, something like that.
1: Yeah. And so I'm just like, oh, my God, fat kid in a candy store. Like, you know, they got all these awesome whiskeys that I've never seen before. And all this, you know, bourbon and vodkas from around the world. They had they had, You know what they have, Steve? Foie gras in a can. Whoa. I've only heard of that. I've never. I was really going to say, I see that before. on like
0: diners, drive-ins and dives. I've never yeah. actually been in a position it's to eat it before.
1: Some Fancy. stuff. I mean, I wouldn't eat that anyway, but it's still <laughs> crazy. Like, you know, so a uh, part of me just wants to be like, I'll take a little of this and a little of that and a little of that, and a little of that. But at the same time, you don't want them to come back and be like, man, he took what we said really <laughs>
0: seriously, huh? I think that raises an important point too. With the uh, foie foie gras? gras? I don't even know how to pronounce it. Things that are like a one-off item. Like a box of Gushers or whatever. You can take, you know, a few packages and eat some or chips, whatever. But if it's like one can of something or one thing left, that I would never take. Because I think that's more of like a, when they get back and they're like, oh, where'd that go? Rather than like, oh, he must have had some of this. Is kind of... You know, I, exactly. I think that's a, a faux pas to take all of something.
1: Or like, the, and there's certain items that you really probably shouldn't go for. Like if they have like a, a thing of ice cream in the, in the freezer, at, but it's Yeah, not, you're not just
0: like, taking a spoon. Yeah, to it's that. not
1: like the full size one. It's like one of like a, maybe like a Ben and Jerry's or like a, a Haagen-Dazs that's like big enough for more than one person but not big enough that it's like the family size carton so if you get anything that's like that in between size version of something maybe stay away from that like only go for like the big package items like a box of goldfish or like a loaf of bread or a you know a deli a deli size pound of meat and cheese to make yourself a sandwich if they have something that's Clearly like a snack item that you think is just for them, like a Butterfinger, maybe perhaps. Or. You, you <laughs> How stay, apropos. Yeah, you stay away from the bar, the individual bar. Only Boxes yes. only,
0: I think, is a good strategy. Yeah, you don't want them to come home and you're sitting on the couch eating out of a whole tub of ice cream. Like, hey guys, how's it going? You know yeah exactly. or whatever it's a there's again like i said there's a fine line to toe i think and it sounds like you're doing a bang-up job of, of toe in that line
1: so before we get to our final segment um a couple minutes left in the second segment i just did want to throw out there um a rest in peace to my childhood idol uh jason david frank who played the green and white power ranger on power rangers Sadly, the news spread yesterday that he uh, took his own life. Uh, I didn't know he was dealing with anything, but as we've talked about before, when you lose an athlete or a role model or a childhood idol, um, you know, like with Chester Bennington or other guys that we've talked about on this podcast, that you think, man, their life must be awesome. You know, you would never. And think that behind, you know, the door when they get home at night, whatever they're dealing with. And uh, apparently he was dealing with something that he felt that was the necessary step to take. It's really unfortunate Uh, for me. He was my childhood hero, bar none. Uh, I was obsessed with Power Rangers when I was a kid. Um, I had every toy, every tape. I watched it religiously. I could recite whole episodes of dialogue to you. Um, I I dressed up as a Power Ranger for Halloween every year for 10 years, just as the new series would come out. Um, I would just follow the trend. Uh, It was my absolute favorite show. And he was the absolute um, main, main guy, the cool guy. Everyone wanted to be the Green Ranger Um, and he played the role really well. And, and he, you know, for, for, for those who don't know who I've, you know, I don't watch Power Rangers anymore, but, you know, since it was my favorite show as a kid, I've loosely kept up with, you know, the actors from the original run and seeing what they're doing. Uh, It's funny. The Red Ranger's actually going to jail because of tax, tax fraud. So we were on,
0: we were on the air together. I was producing for you and Bo the day after that happened.
1: Yep. And we did, we did, uh, I think we did basically like a whole show around your childhood hero that let you down.
0: Yes. Um,
1: and this, this is unfortunately another, another sad, sad example of that. Um, he was, he was my, he was my hero, man. There was, there was nobody cooler than the green Ranger and it really, really sucks. Uh, and he, he basically was the one guy that kind of, um, he was like the, the, the grandfather of the series. He would every few years he would pop You would see online Jason, David Frank returning to power Rangers for 20th anniversary special, or doing a guest appearance on one of the new seasons. And uh, it was always cool to see him keep up with, with the season, with the series and be sort of like the brand ambassador for power Rangers as we got older. So just, just wanted to say rest in peace to him and uh, you know, I will uh, I'll always be a fan of his, no matter what. All right, let's finish up strong here on a lighter note because the Falcons did win yesterday, and that means we're gonna get some good Falcons audio post game. And the guy who we're gonna hear from is a guy that now set a record. and that record is he runs really damn fast on kickoffs better than anyone else in NFL history. Hey, man. Falcon Nation, man. We appreciate y'all coming out here, man, showing out, man. Listen, man, y'all keep coming to the games, man. Y'all bring the energy for us. We're going to bring the energy for y'all, man. We appreciate y'all. Got that duel, man. Let's go. Let's get in. That is a very jovial CP, Cordero Patterson, after the game, thanking the fans for coming out and supporting the team after another home win. I believe I heard on the game this morning, I think they're on the verge of surpassing their home win total of the last three seasons combined this season alone. It's something close to that. I think they need one more win at home and I think they have three more home games to do it. So that just goes to show you how special it is to win these games at home. And he was, he was vintage CP yesterday, did it all.
0: He really did. And yeah, so they're four and two at home this year. And I know last year they had what one win at home and that was against the Lions. So it's been really cool to see them kind of start to turn around that home field advantage or turn Mercedes-Benz Stadium into a true home field advantage this season. And I think that'll only continue as you, you know, obviously win more at home. Fans want to pay to see a winner. And I think the Falcons are proving that they're, you know, capable of doing that. And Cordero Patterson, man, it's, it's a different energy just when he's on the field. He was out for those four weeks. And while the you know the running game was still strong, the team still played fairly well without him, he adds just such an extra dimension to this team, to the team chemistry. And obviously what he does on the field, making up for a fumble, by the way. You know, he put the ball on the ground, the Bears score to go up 17-7 at that point. And what does he do next? He takes, you know, the ensuing kickoff 103 yards to the house. And all of a sudden, the momentum of the game has completely shifted. And, you know, I think that win while, you know, I I wrote it in a piece online after the game that it was an all three phases kind of win because each unit kind of did their part. That one specific play really kind of turned the game on its head. And I think you're obviously you don't win the game without that play.
1: Yeah. And he's as vital of a piece for this team's, short and long-term success as anyone. Um, You just got to hope that they manage him right because he is not a, not a spring chicken and you carry the workload um, as fit as opposed to just saying, Hey, we're going to give this guy, you know, 25 carries a game, no matter what. Um, And it's nice to see guys like Huntley and Algier really develop. We really do have a three headed monster. Um, excuse me, at running back. And I think it's been a long time since the Falcons have had something like that on offense. Like I know when I see CP go to the sideline, I'm not like, Oh, well there goes the running game. It's no, just bring in Huntley or Algier fresh come in. And you know, the train, as we saw yesterday, just keeps moving.
0: Yeah. And on the broadcast, Wes and and Dave were really good in saying that late as, you know, as Cordero Patterson comes off the field, you know, he had just had a hard run and it was only a few yards, but you know, it's still a load to try to tackle him. And then, you know, Wes said, he was like, all right, you just got done trying to take down Cordero Patterson. Here comes Tyler Algier with fresh legs. And, you know, the way he runs and his running style is imposing for defenses. And so the later it gets in games. And I think that's why the Falcons are doing this the right way and building the right kind of identity. The more that you can cycle through these guys, the better. And I think, when Cordero Patterson was out for those four weeks, it proved to Arthur Smith and the team that, you know, Huntley and Algier can get that job done even when CP's not in there.
1: And it also, whoever's back there at quarterback makes their life a heck of a lot easier. Um, if, Ritter, if Ritter ever does get some reps, um, you know, uh, you would assume they'd probably be relying on him even more. Because, you know, they want to make sure that they're doing everything in their power to give, you know, a young quarterback the best chance to succeed and not ask him to do too much. And the way that you do that is you rely on your stout running game. You, you rely on the three-headed monster that you have going right now behind a good run-blocking offensive line. Um, not the same about their pass blocking, unfortunately. Although yesterday they were pretty good. Um, I don't know. Did Mariota even get sacked? yesterday i made it once or i don't think so. post, if any yeah. so uh they did i mean they drop. only
0: put the ball in the air 20 times he was i think 13 of 20 so again yeah. they didn't they didn't drop back a lot but the yeah the offensive line did a good job yesterday down to uh is it Chime Udoga who got the start? Chime Udoga,
1: the former yeah. New York Jet great. That's the only reason I know that. That is mm-hmm. that is not a flex by any stretch of the imagination. He just, hey, Especially <laughs> not today,
0: bringing up a former Jet or anything about the Jets.
1: Yeah, well, listen, you know what's funny as we close out this episode here? Carl and Mike and Bo, whenever we do our show calls off of a Jets win, they always ask me how I'm feeling. And I'm like, I'm fine. And they're like, why don't you get more excited? And, and now, and then I point to yesterday's effort. And that's why I don't get excited. I need to see it, much like the Falcons, for an extended period of time. It's nice, one off wins. You know, you beat the Bills or the Dolphins or whatever. The Patriots have beaten the Jets, I think it's 14 times in a row. I mean, come that's on, brutal. man. And to do it the way that they did it yesterday. That's why I don't get too excited because I know that 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 is waiting at around the corner. It's you know you you got to be smarter than that, Falcons fans, Jets fans. You know, let it let it work its course. Let it happen over time. If it's going to happen, it needs to take time. It's a process. It's not something that you get one big win, you snap your fingers, and all of a sudden you're the Patriots. You know. Winning your division for 15 years straight. That's just not how it works.
0: And, you know, Arthur Smith was, was quick to say last week that the Falcons don't have a quarterback situation going on. The Jets have a quarterback situation going on. Zach oh, Wilson yeah. is horrendous.
1: He's not good, Steve. He's not good. But that's not our problem to worry about. We worry about winning football games here in Atlanta, and that's just what the Falcons did. We'll talk to you guys in a couple days. We'll get you set for the Thanksgiving holiday, maybe even a Thanksgiving topic or two du jour for you guys to savor on over the holiday weekend. But for now, I am Chris Thomas. Follow me on Twitter at C. Thomas Radio. That is Stephen Gagliano at P. Gagliano on the Twitter. We will talk to you guys in a couple days. This has been the All Fair Podcast.